Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Or should I say welcome back to me? Because I haven't recorded an episode in so long. But we're back and up and running. And I will be hopefully updating this every two weeks with a therapist, a psychologist on the podcast. Today, I spoke with Dr. Judy Sinas out of Palm Beach, Florida. And she has a private practice called Living the Dream. Love that name. Uh, She has 10 years of experience in counseling and behavior modification. And on this episode, we speak about ADHD, viral content, social media, and mental health. And also the news and trauma and how how to back away from all the content that's constantly nudging at us and sending us notifications. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you're interested, check out www.sandomind.com. Let us know what you think. We have an app out for iOS and we're working on a big, big, big update and I hope you like it. So enjoy the episode. Judy, let everybody know who you are, where you're from. My name is Judy, Judy Sanaeus. I am a therapist. I live currently in Florida, but I am a licensed clinical social worker in Florida as well as in New York. And what I, my practice is pretty much online. The biggest thing I get is depression and ADHD. But um, lately I get a lot more clients for, um, for cu- couples um, counseling. And funny thing is, <laughs> About two years ago, the, the hottest video on my YouTube channel, five must-haves for people with ADHD. And that was getting about 50 views a day. Yes, that's hot. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, but now, the hottest video on my channel is five ways to start healing after infidelity. And I'm like, and I keep thinking, how much infidelity is out there? <laughs> That seems to be the, the most, so I've been doing a lot more um, videos on infidelity because it seems like oh, there's a high demand. So that's interesting about the relationship stuff because there, there's a therapist on Sanomine that recorded like a five, seven minute piece on falling in love with your therapist. And that, is, that has the most views on YouTube. <laughs> it has the most views. And I thought that was really interesting. I guess it's because it's an interesting subject. And also, it happens a lot, she said. So I'm, I'm wondering, are people just interested in listening to it? Or are those people actually falling in love with their therapist? I don't know. But see, the thing about that, re- that relationship with your therapist is that it makes it e- It creates the space where this can happen. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that most people look at is like, Um, When you're looking at a person that you're interested in, is that attention they give you, that they listen to you, that they hear you, that they seem to understand you. And guess what your therapist does? They hear you, they listen, they pay attention. When you're in that room with your therapist, you're the only person in the world. Who does not want that from their love? I get it. It's just a matter of the, it, it becomes a responsibility of the therapist to make sure that you are 
you're setting those boundaries and if you do notice anything going on that you address it right away because sometimes people will see something and you and you're not quite sure is this what i think it is sometimes people may let it go a little bit too long and then by the time you decide to address it it's like hey we have a full-blown relationship in my head how do you set that boundary or those boundaries being honest and direct with your client certain things that people sometimes fail to do is with a therapist you have that one-on-one relationship where you build a bond but there has to be some limits such as hey i don't want my clients calling me at nine o'clock in the evening no i don't need to get a text from my clients at whatever time and certain comments that the client might make where you may tell the client hey you know what i don't think this is appropriate for our really our therapeutic relationship if something seems to be happening where you're thinking hey this could be damaging to our therapeutic relationship you share that with the client as you're setting those boundaries as you're telling the client hey this is going on hey i'm noticing this it reminds them to step back in oh this is my therapist not this really cute guy or this really cute girl i'm trying to get you have to set those boundaries it can be uncomfortable but you have to build that relationship with your client to the point where you're, you can say those uncomfortable things because therapy is uncomfortable. I found you because when I was searching for therapists to try to get them on Santa Mine, I started on Psychology Today. Then I did LinkedIn. That worked a little bit, but it would take longer. What I found that worked most was Instagram because they're already on it. They're open to creating content already. On YouTube, there aren't many therapists creating content. There are probably a bit more, but you were one that had a lot of content. Like what made you start doing that? The first thing about it is that therapy is not cheap. Therapy is not cheap. A lot of the things that we work with clients on are things that if the issue is not severe, just having some knowledge can sometimes help a client who cannot afford service figure out, oh, let me try these things. It's great if you have access, if you have a job that will give you six EAP sessions, It's great if you have the income where you can pay or maybe your health insurance will pay and you can afford to pay the copay. But sometimes it's just you're in that situation where maybe you can't afford it or maybe you just don't know because sometimes it's not even if because if you look at my videos, it's not really therapy. It's just, hey, try these five things and see how they work out for you. So just being able to share that knowing that a lot of people don't have access to be able to come to a therapist and say hey try these great ideas so i started putting those ideas online and especially that i tell you that first adhd video was really i think i want to say that one has i last i checked it had 75,000 views or something which for mental health content i went viral yeah, yeah. so adhd i'll just to touch on that real quick what is that? Is that just someone that needs to be doing a lot of things, can stay focused on one thing? Because I like to do a lot of different things. Sometimes it's boring doing one thing over and over mm-hmm. or doing it for a couple hours. That's why I like building Satomine because I get to do so many different things. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just based on that, just yeah. say, yeah, but you mentioned some things that are common with clients with ADHD. One way I describe it, You know how some people have the ability to turn off or pause or slow down their brain and say, hey, I'm working on this. The ADHD brain says, hey, I'm on high speed. I'm always going to be on high speed. This is where we go. We're always going to work on high speed. The ADHD brain is 
always going. It needs to stay stimulated and the person who has ADHD has to find ways to mold or shape where, it, that, where the brain is going because you're, it's not gonna stop. So how do I work within that? So it's really somewhat of a processing and create. And when I work with clients with ADHD, it's all about pre helping them create systems so that they can start all the 35,000 things that they start, but at like, you know, finish a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> because people with ADHD are multi-starters. Mm -hmm. They will start 150 things in 10 minutes. <laughs> but by the next 50, by the next five minutes, they're already onto something else and things don't get done. So helping the person create some systems, put some things in place to help them pick out, hey, out of those hundred things that I would like to start, let me start these two and actually finish them. It's an interesting disorder. Mm -hmm. I always used to define it and to describe it as once you figure it out, it's like getting new glasses. And guess what? I just recently figured out. It is true. When I finally got new glasses and I, and I realized, oh man, look how much world I haven't been seeing. That's exactly how ADHD is. Wow. Once, you figure, once you figure out, okay, this is how I'm managing it. This is, how, this is how I put a system together to make it work for me. And then it starts like, oh wow, like look at this. I'm figuring this out. I'm actually accomplishing. I'm doing things. I'm, I finished stuff. And that's a huge deal for people, the fact that, they've, that they can start something and get completion and not, because we, um, our society, we didn't teach people about it. We didn't know about, when I, was in, when I was in school, if you had ADHD, you were that bad kid that refused to sit down and you were always in detention, you were always in the corner, you were always in trouble because we didn't realize, hey, or we weren't paying attention to the fact that hey, these kids have something going on that we may need to, you know, take some, take some time to deal with. But yeah. now that we have the resources, these kids are now adults who never got to learn how to manage their ADHD. So a lot of what I do is just helping people figure out, hey, this is how you create a schedule. Hey, this is how you show up on time. Hey, you know, all these little things that we take for granted. So I definitely have that with starting things and then not finishing them. I definitely have it with, with uh, making music. I have about hundreds of unfinished tracks that I just never get to finish because I, 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 create, I create one loop and I'm like, oh, this is great. I start mm -hmm. building it out. And then I find another sound I'm like, wow, this would be great. But for another song, and then I start making that. And I, have so, mm -hmm. I, I haven't finished one song in, in years. It feels good to start yeah. something else. I don't know. There's something, there's something about that. Because there's that excitement. There's that yeah. excitement. It's like, oh my goodness, this is going to be great. This is awesome. And there's, it gives you that burst of adrenaline. Yeah. But what people miss is that there's also a huge boost that you get from, hey, I actually finished this. It's just that that boost takes a little bit longer to get yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like teaching people how to set um, milestones is one of those things where like, yeah, because what it, you get, you start a business. Hey, congratulations. Nobody cares about your business until <laughs> you're on Forbes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I know this guy. You are awesome. So like those years from you started to you made it big, nobody care. Nobody and that's cares. how there's no, there's really no incentive 
for that in between. It's only the beginning and the end. And it's hard to stick to it. When I work with people, I teach them things like setting, you know, exciting bound, exciting milestones, setting things that are going to motivate you to go to the next one. Yeah, that's that that thing about like when you start, everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And then you even feel good about it. I'm in that that phase where nobody cares. And it's like, well, everybody cares about mental health. A lot of people want help. They're looking for this type of content because I see on YouTube, there's a lot of people creating non-therapists just creating mental health content on YouTube. And there's Mm -hmm. millions and millions of views. So I'm like, what's the problem? I thought everybody cared, but it's just, it's hard getting the word out, you know, especially when it's just one, it it feels like like an impossible task. And it's frustrating, but this is the one thing that, it's, kind of, it's really like the one thing that I have where it's like, even if I wanted to quit, something in me doesn't allow me to quit or drop it. Because you know the value of it. Here's what, one thing I like to say. You know, you, know what the, you know how much Amazon is worth today? Like a single share of Amazon oh. is like $3,000 or yeah. something. Whenever you're thinking, oh my, this is not working, just look up the price of Amazon. <laughs> I also try to look at the stories of other companies, they've all been through this phase where nobody cared. And but when everybody knows about it, yeah, now it's cool and it's great. Like there was a time that nobody knew about Headspace. Nobody knew about Calm. It's not about reaching a thousand people or a million people. It's about making that difference for that one person that just had something going on and they alert, they heard a couple pieces on your, on, on your app and then they're like, okay, maybe I can do this one more day. Maybe I could continue with this, whatever is bothering me one more day. Sometimes that's kind of making a difference for for one person is how you go about it. Like, okay, I would like to change the world, but if you make a difference in the life of one person, you forever change the world in the eyes of that one person. So technically, you change the world every day. (laughs) That little change causes a small ripple effect that is changing the world. Mm -hmm. You might not see it, but... But it's there. Yeah. You make a difference for one person, you change the world forever in the eyes of that one person. Keep doing that. Keep changing the world every day. We'll keep doing it. So with the, well, the content you've been putting out on YouTube, do you ever get any messages wanting to dig deeper or people telling you their whole story about how bad they've been? How do you handle that? I've had people reach out and try to get me to have a therapy session <laughs> via email kind of thing where they want to share their whole story and tell me, hey, this is what's going on or ask me for advice. But the one thing I try to do is I don't want to give anyone advice or based on an email. And even as a therapist, I get my clients to come to answers. I help my clients find the answers within them. I don't try, I try to avoid telling the client, hey, client, I know better. You don't, you don't. So I'm going to tell you what to do. I don't, I don't like doing that. So I always talk, I always want to talk to the person about, hey, okay, this is what's going on. Let me ask, I might ask questions and I will tell the person, hey, this sounds like something you may want to look at, or you may want to talk to someone about this sound. And if it's something basic, for instance, during the pandemic, I started doing a lot more videos and I did, and some, the ones that had the most questions were the ADHD one, where people were reaching out and saying, hey, this is happening. This is, I'm experiencing this. I'm experiencing that. And sometimes I'd take their idea and create a new video with it. And I'd share whatever those tips are. Like, hey, have you tried this? Like one, one of the things that, pe- one of the hardest things that people had to do was be in a house 
by, um, for 37 years or was it 37? I don't know how long it was, but it felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're telling you, hey, work or do schoolwork. So one person reached out and I started telling them like, hey, maybe you want to see what you, how you can set up different areas in your house so that you have that change of pace. Basic suggestions like that I can make. It's just a suggestion. You go and you decide you, you decide you want to try it. You try it and it works for you. But when someone tries to tell me, hey, I have this, that, and the other medical condition and that, no, you should definitely see or consider talking to someone. And I will, sometimes I'll even say, hey, have you looked into maybe you have an employee assistance program? See what your health insurance will cover. Those types of things because the cost is one of the reasons a lot of people just don't do it because it feels yeah. like it's so expensive. Have you heard or, or got any messages about like what's going on because of the pandemic or like the political situation and the protests and the root and the writing? There's a lot going on right now. Are you seeing anything yeah. about that? I am. And even my existing clients at the, at the start of the pandemic, as, as well as when the um, racial and unrest was getting really big. It, I made sure to take some time and address each of those issues. At the beginning of the pandemic, I took some time out of every session to talk about, hey, what are you doing for self-care? How are you taking care of this? How are you handling, how are you handling being in this house for 36 hours a day? Like I went through. And then once we got into the racial, like <clears throat> I had, I brought it up with pretty much most with mo most of my clients, but my clients either either black people who were either black or had a black male in their life. I made sure I took that time to address that because those two groups were like I started a whole series called "Black Folks Were Not Okay," mm -hmm. and that was my that was my understanding. That was my sense of where people were, where it's like. If you're black right now, I can tell you, you're not okay, because we're not. <laughs> and made, making sure that I took the time and, hey, okay, this is what's going on. This is how we are. This is where we are. And this is what we're doing to make sure that, hey, while all this is happening, we're still, you know, making it. But um, people talk about it. People may bring it up um, once in a while. But what, what I do get, thankfully, I'm I I still have a small enough channel that I can um what do you call it I can have my comments be mon um, be monitored I get random comments from people who think that certain things are wrong or this that, and the other and I like yes it's a democracy out there but on this channel it's a judicracy so <laughs> so. I can kind of filter and keep the hate and keep the like if you're if if you post if your comment is something general sure I will let it go in the one guy posted something once I still have no idea what what he said I read the mm -hmm. comment I had no idea what he said but it wasn't an attack it it was a it was kind of ranting but yeah. it wasn't an attack it wasn't rude it wasn't anything I'm like okay I don't know what you said, but you could go. I had one person whose comment to, I think we were talking, it was something about what we need to do with our mental health right now. And this person's comment was, 
yeah, but I don't hear anybody talking about these, um, these people who were killed by, by black gunfire. And he listed a list of people who were shot by other black people. I'm like, okay, this is relevant to this how. Mm-hmm. So that, that comment gets stamped. <laughs> I'm not trying to start some big, like, you know how people go online and have these racial fights? No. Arguments, yeah. No, we're not doing this. This is, it's about positivity. You have something to contribute. You want to contribute. I'm happy with that. I want you to contribute. However, if all you're trying to do is bring up, uh, no. no. So, yeah, I, I get the comments and I, I get the emails and people are, what I'm finding is we're still not okay, but we're working our way towards okay. For now, that's good enough. I don't know if it's good enough, but for now, that's where we are. One thing I do like is that I do see people being more proactive than before. So that is reassuring that people are just being a little bit better. Why do you think people go into those long, on Twitter, it happens all day. They're just arguing. Everybody's arguing. Why do you, and, and so I see people responding to these accounts that don't even have an image on it. So they're, they're basically just arguing. They don't know who they're arguing with. But why do you think they're arguing? <laughs> they're arguing with someone whose whole idea, whose whole point was to make you argue. Why? Why do they fall into that trap? Into that trap? Not everybody gets it. Those people are good at getting to you. If someone's out looking for a fight, if you're out looking for a fight, you don't just walk up and kind of brush by somebody. You walk up and you're like, boom. You can't ignore me. We're fighting. So that person, the person has to realize, do I have something better to do with my time than engage this bot or engage this troll? People think that, or a lot of people I see, think that if you don't address it, you're, no, there's no if you don't address it. You, ha- you don't have to address every single thing that someone yeah. says. Sometimes you can just, you're irrelevant. I don't know you. You came from nowhere. Your comment does nothing to me. So why would I spend the next three, five days going back and forth with you? I'm not going to go and let you raise my blood pressure over some silliness. It's kind of like, you know how people will die um, because they want, it was, I had the right of way. No, I'm not dying over right of way. (laughs) If you want it, you could have it. I like my life. Those are the things, the distinctions that people need to make is like, sometimes there is some, there's a higher priority. There's something that's important. My light is green, but you want to go by all means, have fun. You're saying stuff about me. It takes nothing away from me. It doesn't hurt me. You're not taking money out of my pocket. Have fun. If talking about me gives you something to do, I am happy to help. People forget that. The person needs something to do, but that does not, just because this person has nothing better to do than talk about you, does not mean that you have nothing better to do than talk to this person. Read a book. It's kind of like when you're, when you're driving and so I'm, I'm, I'll be on the highway and I want to get in the left lane. I put my signal light on and then that person speeds up. Yes. You can get angry or you can just like, all right, well, they're speeding up. They're out of my way or somebody cutting you off sometimes gets you like ticked off but it's i i I think to myself well you know what they're cutting me off but they're you know they're going on their way why are those little why sometimes those little things 
can irk you because they've irked me before. And I would think about it the entire day or for a couple hours after. Why is that? It's her ego. This person did something to you. This person offended you. This person don't know you from Adam. This person never cared about you. We take things personal that are not personal. The person doesn't know you. Somebody cuts you off. Oh, you're in a more of a hurry than I am. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'll be petty, Judy, sometimes. <laughs> but we take ourselves too seriously. It's not about you. Someone cuts you off. It's because this person either is in a rush or this person doesn't care to be extra to be nice to a to a fellow human being. It doesn't matter why what their process is. Question is, what is my process? What is my what do I choose to do with my day? Do I choose to be upset? And I tell people, don't raise your blood pressure over people that forgot about you. You spend the whole day, your blood pressure is yay high, and by the this person, by, by the time you saw the tail light, they forgot about you. We need to start remembering that. Other people's behaviors say more about them, where they are, what's happening with them, than they do about us. Yeah. Although sometimes, yeah, people, do, I always say, yeah, people do treat you the way you let them treat you. But the reason people treat someone bad is because that person probably not the nicest person. We have to keep remembering that. Nobody's thinking about you. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's a hard reality. Yeah, yeah. It's a hard reality for people to grasp, but no one's thinking about you. We're all just in our self-centered ways doing our self-centered thing. It's just that because we're so self-centered, we don't re realize that this was about you and not me. How could your bad behavior be about you and not me? It's, 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 it's similar to when you're afraid of doing a presentation because in front of a lot of people, you think everybody's looking at you or thinking about you, yeah. all these things are running in your head. But then I put myself in their shoes when I'm watching a presentation and I'm really just focused on the presentation. I, mm -hmm. I can yeah. care less about the person. And especially now, now when you're doing a presentation, you, you could show up anyway, any old <laughs> way and say, well, because nobody's listening to you anyway, because everybody's on the phone. We're an egocentric society. While it may help us in some ways, in a lot of ways, it, it's not the best thing for us. With everything that's going on right now, you think, um, cause I look at history and I think humanity progressively has gotten better. When you're in the thick of it, you can't see. It doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Going back to, you know, social media and being like stressed or anxious or, you know, it affecting your, your, your mind. I was reading the news every day and seeing what was going on for probably about a month. See, that's month because you didn't see my first week of pandemic videos. I didn't. I didn't. There were days that I was in a really bad mood. And I, was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> understand why because my life was, was okay. But then I started thinking maybe it's because I'm reading all this junk and anger, bad news. I got yeah. away from that. And then he, I would go back and read every now and then. I feel a little like anxious. I just stopped reading and I felt, I felt completely better. Yes. The news is not talking to you about puppies and kittens and pretty happy, funny things. No. The news is talking about how this person got killed, that person got killed, this awful thing happened, that other awful things happened. And there's probably going to be two more awful things that happened. By the time you're done reading the news, 
if you weren't scared for your life, you should be. If you read the news and you're not feeling a little bit of anxiety, you should definitely feel anxiety that you're not really experiencing some anxiety over everything mm-hmm. you just read. It's just that, that that's just how bad the news has been. It's one thing to say, I want to be aware. I want to stay knowledgeable. You read it the first time. That was the first trauma. You were traumatized at one time. It, was, it bothered you. Maybe it raised your blood pressure. Maybe it raised your anxiety level a little bit. And then you go and you read two more articles on the same thing. Your anxiety went from here to here to here. And then now you got to watch three hours of it on one of those TV channels. And then you go on social media because you know you have that junior, you, you have the junior news person. Each time you're exposed to it, it's almost like you're being re-traumatized. Whatever that initial trauma is, maybe you read it the first time and you thought, oh, this is really bad. And the next one's made, okay, this is really bad. This is really bad, really bad. The more you take it in, the worse it feels. Mm -hmm. What I tell people is pick a couple reliable news sources. Take some time, read through what they have to say. Take some time and check out what is happening in the world. Turn it off. Every news channel tells you, hey, download our app so we can keep you up to date with breaking news. If I'm having dinner and I'm having a good calm, relaxed time, I would like to enjoy this very little tiny piece of life where nothing is wrong. I don't need you telling me, hey, the world just blew up. No. If it happened, by the time you come back and you get to check your news feed or whatever, it'll still be there. Especially now that they have these alerts where they can invade your phone at any time. So if the world is blowing up, I know for a fact that my phone's going to beep and I will know, hey, world blowing up, go hide. I'm going to know that. So there's absolutely no reason that I need to be catching the news every five minutes. It's great for their ratings, though. It works super nice where they could say, hey, we have 37 million people subscribed to our whatever. Mm. And then the advertisers say, hey, here's a check. What people don't realize is that it's the people that are making the media wealthy because advertisers just keep pouring dollars into to these media outlets. The more eyes they have on, on their apps, yes. on their TV, yes. or on their Twitter, everywhere. Yes. We're helping them make money. And they're giving us what feels like information or what feels like entertainment. But at the end of the day, they're just making us more anxious and sicker and we're, we're, we're helping them positively, but they're not helping us positively. Don't tell that to people because people believe that you have to listen. You have to see every single one. That's kind of where we are. You think it'll ever get better? We're just getting more technologically advanced. They're finding faster ways to get us the news. I don't see an end to it unless people decide themselves, listen, I, I can't, I'm not watching this. There you go. I like to believe that there's always room for the world to be better especially when things are not exactly great. As people awaken, as people realize that it's, you know how when, um, when we were younger or a lot of people would spend all that extra money, some people still do it as, as they got older, but you had to buy the $300 shoes, you had to buy the coolest name brand, this, that, and the other. And then as people got older and realized hey, why am I paying this guy $300 so I could walk around as a billboard? Yeah. 
and then we start, and then people started buying things that are more value than flashy. My hope is that we're going to continue to evolve in that manner and that we're going to realize that all this extra stuff is to help them. I'm not getting a benefit from it. I use social media, but you know how people have it where every time, every two seconds, they have to check something. They, yeah. Like they have to respond. They have to, uh-uh, no, no, we can't do that. This is not, this is not how it works. I'm not going to spend 37 hours on some platform while, and each, each hour I'm on the platform is financially beneficial to that platform. All I'm getting is lost productivity. Maybe I, my eyes getting worse than they already are. And maybe I'll see a few things that will annoy me. That's, that's not a maybe. That's a definitely. At, at the end of the, at the end of the day, there's not much for us. And even when people look at, some of the stuff people look at, I know people follow all these um, celebrities and people that are showing you, you know, have pe- some pe- people are showing you their 57th, oh, I just did this. No, you didn't just did this nice little picture. Yeah. It took you 57 tries. They show you number 57 and tell you, <laughs> oh, look, random. Mm-hmm. No, it's not random. You work 30, you work like all day to get the shot. They're showing you this life that makes you wonder, hey, why is my life not like this? Why am I not jet setting? Why don't I have a Maserati? But you can't, you can't see the little rental car tag on the back of the Maserati because they're showing you they're posing in front of the Maserati. One thing that I like that it has done, it has given us the opportunity to connect. As many things, as many issues as I've had, as I have with YouTube overall, I don't know what level I would say. <laughs> I, have, I have issues with YouTube. However, I appreciate YouTube mm-hmm. because YouTube gives, it, gives people an opportunity to learn. I am, I have a PhD from the University of YouTube. I changed, uh, I actually took out, took out a garbage disposal. I do all my light work on my car. I'm getting to be a really great um, video editor person thingy mm-hmm. because I'm learning so much with um, editing software. So there's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of stuff there. It makes, but one, what's one thing you get with YouTube? The black hole. Those things, it's there. It's helpful. They're, they have some benefits with Facebook, for instance. I've been able to, a lot of my cousins live in, um, in Canada and other parts of the country. Seeing their children grow up, seeing what's happened, because before it was, hey, once in a while we call each other and we, we would spend a couple hours on the phone, we catch up and that was it. But now I get to part- and now I get to be part of, hey, it's so-and-so's birthday, just being part of that. Um, and when things were really hot, one of my cousins, his wife had a, a Zoom party for him. Like those little things where because we're connected, we get to be part of. I like those things. But the idea that you create a platform, because now I think Facebook has a little bar thing so you could Facebook while you Facebook. This is how bad, how bad it is <laughs> where they just don't want to let you in. I mean, let you out. It becomes more the responsibility of the individual to know we're not going to spend all day watching YouTube. We're not going to spend all day watching, scrolling through people's Facebook feeds or 
we're, we're not going to get into this 37 hour argument mm. about some person who does not know you exist, does not care that you exist. And even after you had this conversation and this what practically fought another person over them, that's the way, I, that's the way it is. It's like, it has some benefits. I really do believe that there are some benefits. We as adults, especially need to start setting boundaries for ourselves so that we're not allowing this. We have, we have to take a little bit of ownership of our, of yeah. our own selves. We just have these compa- companies be so, in so much control of yeah. our behavior. We, we have to be held accountable ourselves. We can't just think or force the government to do it for us or that the company no. have to do it for us. We, we have the power to do it for ourselves. No. They're banking on the fact that people are not. One at a time, right? One yeah. person does it and then next thing you know, somebody else will do it. Hopefully they'll get off social media and invest some of that time in, I don't know, creating a business or something. The good thing is I met you through YouTube. And what I do hope is that people, folks start to focus more on, which they, they have been, you know, on their mental health and like their well-being. <laughs> and then they come over to Santa Mine. I just want people to use it when they need it. If they get hooked on it, that's a good thing because they're just working on their yeah. on their mind. But that's what right. I want people to do. Use it when you need it and then enjoy your life when you're not using it. There you go. And that's the way it's going to, because once they start using it and getting the benefits, then yeah, they can get hooked and like, hey, look how much better I'm, got, I'm getting. How much more, how much better can I get if I go a little bit more? Yeah. So, yeah, and now, really, I think I really like what you're doing. I really, I think it's a great, um, a great setup, a great resource for people to have. And I do hope that they do go because half the half the world is actually more than half the world is yeah. consumed by their phones. If they were consumed doing something that benefits them, that would be even better. Yeah, this was fun. Uh, I'm glad I got to finally really connect with you and and have a conversation yes, with you. Too. Thanks again for, for, for the content that you put on YouTube, for letting me put some of that content on Santa Mine and for doing this podcast with me today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. And thank you for sharing my stuff with more people. The goal is to have more people, more people get the information. So thank yeah. you. And thank you so much for building Santa Mine. It's going to be very helpful. And we have a whole, a lot of places where you could get stuff, but to have a place where you like, where you know, hey, I can come here and get specifically and not be bombarded with 3,700 other things unrelated. It sounds really exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing everything come up, come together. Me too. Me too. It's been a a long uphill battle, but we're getting there. All right. Thank Thank you. you Bye-bye. All right. So that was pretty interesting. The, I really enjoyed the social media part, um, especially everything about the news and trauma. That was interesting. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And don't forget to check us out, SantaMind.com, SantaMind in the App Store. We have a big update coming for both our listeners and our contributors who are therapists and psychologists on the app. So we hope you really enjoy that when it comes out. And don't forget to show us some love on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So subscribe and follow us on both. And please leave a review because it'll help us move up in the ranks 
and I'd really appreciate it. And be honest, if you don't like it, uh, let me know. If you want some other form of questions, conversations, let me know. I'm open to all feedback. All right, until next time, thanks, peace.